This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Gigging 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley. We've got three of us here today. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Brian, um, as always, joining us. And then Carter, Carls, welcome to the welcome to the site. Your first day on Gigging 24-7. How's it gone so far? You know, it's gone well. I've already had uh, someone on the message board uh, ask for heat picks, so um, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be going better, I guess. <laughs> we're, we're off to a good start. And can you play linebackers? That's the most important question of the day is, is A&M needs a linebacker. Can you play linebacker? Uh, no. No. More of a cornerback in high school. I didn't like tackling at all. So, the, sorry. I, that's not me. That, I'm the opposite of that. I think the question was, can he coach linebackers? Oh, can he coach linebackers? Even, even better. I mean, missing. Yeah. You need linebackers on the field, and you need somebody to coach them up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, running backs coach, they need they need several several coaches. That, I mean, uh, spring ball's coming pretty soon yeah, to have uh, to be just missing two spots on staff. <laughs> And you need a tight ends coach, or at least figure out what's going to happen with, with that position as well, since that's who obviously Daryl Dickey was was in charge of. So they they need to figure out that position group as, as well. And um, certainly got a lot to get to get. Carter, tell everybody just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, for those that don't know, you know, I went to Texas A and M class of twenty eighteen and and covered about three, maybe four. It all, it's all a blur now. Three seasons, I think, of, of Kevin Sumlin. And actually, my last uh, job uh, while covering A&M was uh, Jimbo Fisher's introductory uh, press conference. So it's kind of like a, a like that was like my last thing. And then now here I am back. And so much has happened since. It's kind of crazy to think. But um, since then, I covered Notre Dame uh, football for three seasons uh, for the South Bend Tribune. And then uh, uh, went went down to Tallahassee to cover Florida State this past season. So you know every team I have covered uh, outside of school has had a ten win season at least. So maybe I am a good luck charm. Maybe people can expect a ten plus win season. I don't know, but but we'll see if if the luck continues. I'm, I'm dragging you down on that, so maybe our average can be <laughs> our average can be still. Still good, but not not great. It seems the teams I covered don't do so well. Hey, at least poaching another person from from uh, Florida State, right? That seems to be the trend that Texas A&M <laughs> likes likes to kind of follow. I know there were there were quite a few jokes on that front of people asking about about NIL and buyout money and all that sort of stuff. Um, well, welcome, glad. 
Glad to have you. And you started off hitting the ground running. Um, did a story on Bobby Petrino. Uh, what were some of your big takeaways from from that story and getting to learn a little bit about him? Yeah, look, I mean, with Bobby Petrino, I think it's no secret that this is a very high-risk, high-reward uh, hire. It, it could really blow up and, and be bad for Jimbo Fisher, but it could also go really well. And I think everyone kind of understands why it wouldn't go well. So I kind of wanted to explore if it, if it did go well, why would that be? And you just look through throughout his 40-year coaching career, and he's had success at almost every place he's been to. He's hit big at quarterback. He has had explosive offenses with all kinds of different, you know, uh, players on the field. Uh, you know, I talked about how Stefan LaFours and Brian Brom were two totally different quarterbacks that he had at Louisville. And yet he was a top five, you know, scoring offense that he had with under both quarterbacks uh, back to back. So just his ability to adapt to talent is something that he, did to make a name for himself early on and, and and later a little bit in his career. And the biggest thing is you look at this A&M roster and it's no doubt his most talented roster that he will ever coach. And, you know, I know he had Lamar Jackson and all that, but you just look at the numbers and uh, running the math, 247, what we launched in uh, 2010, right? I think I'm getting my knowledge uh, on 247 enough. Correct. But- yep. Since that year, 2010, he had only had two players on offense that were in the top 247 rankings. On AM's offense right now, there are 17 players that were in the top 247. So it's not even close to, to what he has been accustomed to. He's had success at these former places. I think the questions are, you know, you know what, what's going to be the dynamic between him and Jimbo Fisher? How much leeway is he going to get with with play calling? And then, you know, this kind of baggage that he brings, will that be a problem? You know, and and his intense coaching style too, will that that rub players the wrong way? There are a lot of fair questions to ask. Um, Is he someone that can continue to adapt? You know, he's he's getting up there in age. He's he's been around a long time. Can he continue? Uh, You talk to enough people and, and they have the confidence that he will. And, yeah, I talked to a few interesting people for that story. So definitely check it out. Um, they kind of gave a deeper look at what his offense looks like and, and, like I said, how he's adapted throughout his career. But, Adam, Brian, we obviously had some recruiting news on Monday evening with Anthony Maddox um, joining the class as the fourth member of the 2024 class on the quarterback side. Obviously, the, first, the him and uh, Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino kind of zeroed in on – Anthony Maddox over the past week, things moved really quickly there. Uh, you got the chance to speak to Anthony Maddox. What what did he kind of say about Bobby Petrino and, and kind of the way this all came together? Oh, man. So, you know, Anthony Maddox, he committed on Monday. It was exactly a week after he had been offered. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he did not wait long to make that decision. Uh, you know, he said he had a final three of uh, A&M, Alabama, and Penn State, but when I was talking to him, he's like, man, he's like, I just had to put two other schools in there, you know, to have a little bit of drama. You know, it really was just a final one of A&M. He said that Petrino tried to get him to commit on the spot when uh, when he talked to him a week ago when he offered him. But he likes, uh, he likes A&M's offense a lot, and he likes what, he's, what he has seen at Petrino. Uh, he visited A&M for the Florida game this year. Obviously not a great, you know, offense for him to see, but he was able to see the facilities, the stadium, you know, the fans, things like that. 
And then just talking to Petrino about the future of the offense, he likes that they sold him on, you know, being the man in the class and, uh, you know, possibly getting the reins of the offense after, uh, after Connor Wigman uh, graduates or goes to the NFL or whatever. Um, you know, so he likes that idea. You know, he knows Marcel Reed and, you know, he's knows he's going to have to compete with Marcel Reed and whoever else is on campus. But, you know, he's just, he's real excited to be, to be uh, part of this class. I mean, it's pretty obvious with him, you know, committing exactly a week later. And he actually, he told A&M coaches before he went public. So, I mean, it only took him a few days to commit. So, I mean, you got to, you got to bet that he's, he likes what he sees so far. It's, it's going to be a fascinating dynamic now to, to watch over the, the next couple of weeks and months, how this all plays out because you can't forget about before this week, Aaron Noland was kind of, it seemed to be very much in the picture. He came off a, basically a three day visit to A&M um, not more than two weeks ago for the yeah. first junior day was one of the last guys off of campus on Sunday. And so I, I think the question for me is where he kind of fits into this. Does A&M look to take a two quarterback class? Um, and you know, is Air Nolan open to that? I think those are some of the questions that are certainly going to be be kind of the pressing ones moving forward. And, you know, a guy like Anthony Maddox, he comes from an NFL bloodline. Dad played in the NFL, has a younger brother in the 2025 class that, you know, having having Anthony in the class is certainly going to going to kind of help help in that regard and um, going to be interesting to watch moving forward. But, you know, no doubt it's it's easy, it's better to get a quarterback in the class. Early on, A&M saw that last year. They spent basically the entire summer and fall trying to find a quarterback. And, and I mean, they, they, did, a, they did have one at one point. You know, they they did have one at one one. I think it was so long ago like, that people forget, forget he was, you know, he was a commit at one point. But, yeah, yeah. First really was, took a long time to get Marcel Reed. He was the first commit, I believe, in the 2020. Yeah, he was even before Colton before, Thomason. So. Before Colton Thomason yeah. and, um, you know, took that, took that trip to Alabama and ended up reopening his recruitment, but having a quarterback that's, that looks eager to, to get recruiting and get, get going, I think is, is certainly going to help. Um, we're going to switch gears and talk a little more about the team front and, and play a little buy or sell when, when we come back from a quick break. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I'm Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter and Brian. Going to play a little by ourselves. We didn't do this last week as we kind of reacted to the Anaya Smith news of his return to, to A&M for another season. Guys, I was looking through the stats on on the past couple of years, you know, especially in the passing game. And not since 2016 has A&M had two receivers have more than 700 yards receiving in a season. Um, is this the year they kind of break that with, obviously they, they, there's three obvious targets with Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad and, and Anaya Smith. Carter, I'll start with you. What, what, do, what do you kind of think about that? I'm buying it. Uh, I just, right. That's what we're doing, right? Buy, sell. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. I think you got three receivers that you absolutely love here. I mean, I think Evan Stewart is a clear candidate to get a thousand yards. Um, I, I think that's very possible for him. And then Moose Muhammad, Nia Smith, both of those guys are capable. So, you know, maybe, maybe because you have so many weapons, the wealth is shared a little too much to where maybe you got a bunch of guys that are at like 600 yards or something like that. But I think one of those guys will break through and I have enough confidence in Connor Wegman that, they'll be able to get to that mark. Brian, where do you? Where oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with Carter here. Uh, you know, I think Evan Stewart's probably a no-brainer to make it. Yeah. And then, what, what do we have? I'm, I'm here now. Moose Muhammad didn't even, you know, really, what, he had 610 yards this past year. Man, and they were only, Evan Stewart was 51 yards from that. Moose was only 90 yards from that this past season. He only had, you know, uh, you know, he had an abbreviated season because Anais was that guy to start. Um, you know, so he really took over after a nice got hurt and then Evan Stewart missed a couple games. So yeah, I think, I actually think that'll be, that'll be pretty easy. And I do think Evan Stewart probably gets a thousand yards. I think Wigman will really, you know, really have him. I think they will be in a rhythm now that they've had a season and then they'll have an off season together. So yeah, you know, even shoot, even with this year's offense, I think it still would have, would have been that. So I, I buy it. Yeah, for me, the thing was splitting around receptions and splitting around yards, but I think you could see them look to get Anaya Smith in the backfield a little bit and kind of use him in some some different roles. So, um, yeah, I'm going to buy that as well. I kind of I kind of expect maybe there'd be a little bit of split opinions on that one. Carter, I know you you got one too, right? Or the 1,000 yard rusher, if there will be one. I don't know. So. So we we did we did that at one point, but I mean now with a different offense, I still say no just because yeah. I mean I think AM's gonna have to split carries. Uh, you know, they don't have it's the first time in a long time they don't have at least somebody with experience coming back because even under Isaiah Spiller, you know, A Chain got uh, or A Chain got uh, plenty of carries and then uh, Spiller got him under Travion Williams. So it's the first time really there's not much and I think it's you know Ruben Owens is going to get his carries Le'Veon Moss, Amari Daniels. So I just don't see that happening. Yeah for me I, I I'm kind of kind of stick with what I what I said before. I do think you'll see a guy kind of break out. I think an, I think Amari Daniels could be that guy. As I mentioned, we saw kind of flashes late in the season um, that left me kind of intrigued what he can do with with a full season of, of carries. I do think Ruben Owens is going to factor into that backfield as well, but I think you'll still have I think you'll still have one guy kind of emerge just because I, I feel like that's been kind of the history that, that Jimbo Fisher and, and the staff have kind of gone with is they've gone with kind of that one that one back kind of leading the way. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of what the running back rotation is and, you know, whoever the running backs coach that comes in, what, how he kind of rotates 
backs. That's kind of a new wrinkle to this this question as well. Is I think the last time we did this was was when Tommy Robinson was the running backs coach, and we kind of knew what his tendencies were and and what yeah. he wanted to do. So that's gonna be that's gonna be another uh, new wrinkle as well. And then I got a, I got another well, one. Well, hold on. I want I want to know what I want to know Carter's thoughts on that. You yeah. Know? Are you gonna Are you gonna disagree with us? I'm selling, and, and you know I I do agree with Andrew in the sense. I mean, just think about the last two star running backs for for A and M, uh, Isaiah Spiller and and Devon A Chain. It, it felt like their freshman year they could have been used a little bit more. I mean, I remember watching Spiller and thinking, I think this guy's a little bit better than Corbin, and it, and they kind of yeah. later on figured that out. And A Chain, I mean, what what he's able to do. You saw it in the North Carolina game, uh, that, that bowl game his freshman year where he really broke out. You're like, hmm, probably could have used him earlier on. <laughs> season. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, will that happen to a guy like Ruben Owens this year? I don't know. But I do think him enrolling early will help maybe speed up the, the process for him to see the field. And I think they'll divide it just enough where I don't know if there's a guy who's just like submitted as the – oh, my gosh, this guy's so much better than everybody else. And I think they could find that, but it may not happen until, like, game eight, game nine kind of thing. Yeah, the Devon Achey one was kind of puzzling because even in some of those earlier games, when you kind of looked at it, Isaiah Spiller was banged up too, and you were still kind of mm-hmm. waiting, like, okay, are we going to see somebody step forward and, and kind of split those carries? And and it didn't happen in, until later in the year. And even this past year, I thought there might be a chance that you would see more of Amari Daniels or – maybe Le'Veon Moss or kind of that second back emerge and, and it didn't, didn't really happen. So it's going to be, it's going to be kind of interesting. There's so much that's kind of unknown, I think, and some question marks that how they're going to kind of fit in and, and what they're going to do. Um, we got a, got another one on, uh, you know, as we kind of get towards March here, guys, are we buying or selling is Texas A&M a, a tournament team right now with the, with a month to go in the year? As as the certified basketball expert in this yep. conversation, I'd like I'd like to go first. Um, I just I just I read I actually read Jerry Palm's bracketology today, and I was I was like, where's A and M on this list? And then he's got like next or whatever, like the top teams like A and M's. As how far did I have to scroll down? They were in the same group as Mississippi State. And okay, I don't know anything about college basketball, but that seems ridiculous because. Adam's got some uh, good wins. His second in the SEC. If they beat Auburn tonight, that'll be two uh, two big wins over the Tigers, including one on the road. So yeah, they got to be in there. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, the SEC the SEC is top loaded with what two good teams, Alabama and Tennessee, and nobody else even yeah. ranked. But but I mean, A and M. I mean, it still takes talent and shows. You know, I know the non conference wasn't good, but it still shows. You know that they're good if you can finish that well in conference. So I gotta think they're in. Carter, what, what say you to that one? I'm buying, and, and I think they're right on the edge right now. I saw their first team out on Racketology for Lenardi this morning. So they're they're like right there. And you look at their remaining schedule, and they have a lot of opportunities. I think they got eight games left in the regular season, and six of those games could be quad ones. The weird thing about tonight's game is Auburn is one spot away from being a quad one. And then if AM wins, it'll knock them even farther, oh, yeah. which is yeah. kind of funny. And and if they lose, it'll it'll move them up. So it and then you get a quad one loss, so it's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think Auburn will eventually return to quad one level, just because like 
they've just they're kind of in a rough stretch. And I think maybe once they get a couple easier games, they can kind of climb their way back. But I think AM will end up having enough wins. They just can't fool around here down the stretch. They gotta beat Ole Miss. Um, I think it helps too that Mississippi State, very winnable game, will be a quad one, you know, opportunity yeah. for them. Missouri, a team they beat by 18 is a quad one opportunity for them. Um, so that I think they've just got enough opportunities where if they just win, you know, two of these big games, take care of Ole Miss, maybe three of the big games, take care of Ole Miss, I think you're good to go. Yeah, I think they they left themselves. I'm going to buy them as a, as a tournament team as well, just because I think this team that's playing right now is so much different as well from the team that uh, – you know, lost to Wofford and lost to Murray State and lost to Colorado in November and December. They're just a completely different team. And let's give them a pass as well. I know people want to bring up Arkansas last week. Keep in mind they had to fly to like oh, all yeah. over the place just to get in for the game. They had to drop they had to bus two hours to to get over to the arena and, and bus in late at night. So, you know, not the best performance in that game and a tough place to win to begin with. So, you know, at eight and two, I think they're off to a good start, but Carter, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. They've got opportunities when they go to Mississippi, when they go to Missouri, that's an opportunity when they, when they go uh, to Mississippi state, that's an opportunity. And you do have games against Alabama and Tennessee that are going to be tough games, but if you wanted one of them, you, I think you put yourself in a really good spot and, I know A&M's goal coming into the year after what happened last year with, you know, the, the SEC tournament getting completely disregarded. I know they want to kind of feel good about their spot by the time the SEC tournament starts. And I think they've mm-hmm. got those opportunities. They've, they've just got to be able to win. They can't lose the game at Ole Miss and got to be able to win their games at home. If they can do that with the way these crowds have been coming out, I think, I think they'll be in a good spot. Yeah. I look at, where they're at in the SEC standings, they're, you know, they're tied for second. And I just wonder, you know, a top four team in the SEC, when's the last time a top four team did not make the tournament? It's just, it's hard to believe, yeah. even if they lose to Bama, even if they lose to Tennessee by 50, it's like, okay, but they're a top four team in the SEC. Yeah. How do you leave that team out? Right. Now, I don't know if that's ever happened before. And, you know, I just don't know what, some of these people expect it's like you got to win like 15 SEC games just to get in just because you lost yeah. to Wofford. Like, I mean, you could pick, pick holes through anybody's resume. So it's just kind of, uh, it baffles me sometimes. That was kind of where I was looking at the top 25 rankings yesterday and a didn't even receive a vote in the top 25. And I know people kind of brought up the, the Wofford loss and some of the, the Murray state and Colorado losses and yeah. Okay. But, they're still eight and two in the SEC. Um, they've beaten some good, really good teams. And you go look at some of those those teams that are on the bottom of the top twenty-five. I think it was Rutgers has already lost to Temple. Temple's a double-digit loss team as well. So, you know, everybody's kind of got their bad losses and they and they're glaring holes. And you know, I think this A and M this A and M squad's probably better than they're being given credit for. But they just got to take care of business and. Um, you know, especially at home, and I and I think they'll be all right in the long run. They just didn't give themselves any any margin for for error. But that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for for today. Again, Carter, another big welcome to the site, and and look forward. I think everybody's going to really enjoy 
your content and and everything coming. You came out of the gate swinging with a Bobby Petrino story. So um, I know people really enjoyed that. Um, for those listening to us on on YouTube, uh, be sure to give us a five star review and and like and share this this video. If you listen on Apple, iTunes, and, and Spotify, be sure to give us a five star review on there as well. And and we'll be back next week to to talk a little more basketball, talk a little more recruiting, and talk a little more football. Take care, everybody. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.